0: My name is Bryce Matthews, and this is the Deep and Lonely podcast presented to you by Houndsman XP. During this podcast, we will dive deep into what makes the ultimate, top-level, and unmatched extreme competition coon hunter. We will hear stories of old, tales of today, and we will dive deep into what separates the men from the boys. The stories will be raw, the truth will be told, and the camaraderie will be second to none. Pull up your chaps. It's about to get deep. Alright guys, welcome to the Deep and Lonely Podcast presented by Houndsman XP. Today I am in north central Indiana. I uh, drove up here to have a conversation with one of the uh, legends in our sport, I think you could call him. Uh, a guy who's really paved the way for the tree and walker breed uh, over the years. Uh, a guy who's still very competitive to this day. Uh, loves to be competitive and he loves to pleasure hunt uh today we're speaking with dick brothers from peru indiana how you doing dick
2: uh very good uh bryce
0: hey uh so i wanted to get you on here dick because you and i have been uh hunting a lot the last few weeks we've you know we found out we found ourselves living in a uh the same area a good place to hunt together um and over the last few weeks i'd say that you know you and i have really really become good friends and uh I've really enjoyed my time with you and our company in the woods. Um, it's nice to have somebody to go out and hunt with, uh, somebody who loves the sport as much as I do. So, first off, I just want to say, you know, thank you for that, and I appreciate you for joining me today. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners here just a little bit about, about Dick Brothers. Um, wh- where did you get started? How did you get into the coon hunting? And, uh, you know, just anything else that you think would be interesting for that paved your way in the foundation for, for you and your love of the sport?
2: Well, how I got into coon hunting, uh... Years ago, I hunted with a pair of black dogs, and uh, that was my first first experience, and uh, uh, they were uh, uh, a pair of dogs. Uh, Together, they made one good (laughs) (laughs) dog.
0: So they had to work together. You weren't turning them loose separately. You turned them loose together. Well,
2: I hunted with Dick Smith one whole season. I didn't have a dog at that time. And, uh, that's what we've got acquainted. He was a good friend of mine years ago.
0: So were, were you, how old were you when you started coon hunting?
2: Uh, in, in my twenties,
0: early twenties. So that's about the same path as me. You know, I got started when I was 20 years old. Right. Um, a lot of these guys, it's really cool to hear how they started when they were little kids. Uh, but for me, I feel like I got a little bit later start, but it makes me appreciate it more. Right. Um, a little bit. So, uh, you got started in your twenties. You've been doing this a long time, Dick. Um, You've developed your own line of train walkers. Um, you hunt your own stuff. You've accomplished one of the greatest hunts uh, to win as far as prestige goes. Um, and we're gonna get into all that. Um, when when did you first start competition hunting? How long did it take you from the time you started coon hunting until you entered your first hunt? Do you know how that was? Uh,
2: I entered my first hunt. Uh, I hunted a dog uh, at my col- colder. Honda, and I hunted her in the Ohio State Championship my second year coonin, and won second place registers in the Ohio State Championship that year.
0: Well, that's not bad for a beginner. No, was that beginner's luck, or were you it, packing a good well, one?
2: Well, he said, uh, he said, uh, just call her how you, how you hear her, and I did that, and yeah. Uh, uh, if I would have been a more experienced handler and uh, I wouldn't have made one mistake, I would have won first place. But, you know, uh, I didn't know anything about playing defense.
0: That's a big part of the competition. these Yes, days. sir.
2: And, uh, that's, that was my first, first experience competition. Hunting.
0: Man, that's great. Um, were you were you bit by the bug whenever you first started competition hunting after that night? Did you know that that was what you wanted to do?
2: Oh yeah, yes, sir,
0: absolutely. you know, I feel the same way I went with a buddy for the first time hunted and <clears throat> just just had a great time and then I got into a comp- I went with another buddy and went competition hunting with him, just followed along in the cast with him um and watching him handle that dog and watching how that cast played out it it the bug bit me um you know, I was like, that's what I wanna do. I want to be. A top level competition coon hunter, and I think you've earned that.
2: Well, I've I, I've always been competitive at everything I've done. I played sports, football and track, and uh, in high school and in uh, grade school, all the way through my years. And uh, I've been very competitive anyway. So I just I just picked up with coondowns. Yeah. And I used to field trial labs, Mm -hmm. and I trained bird dogs, too.
0: Right. So you've always had a a working dog at your house. You've always been involved with dogs in one way or another. Yes, sir. So you started off with a pair of black and tans. When did you switch or convert to the train walker breed?
2: Well, I didn't own a dog at that time. I just went with Dick Smith. Okay. And uh, when... And then I met a guy by the t- name of Tom Wise and Mike Colder. And they in- introduced me to Tureen Walkers. And up, uh, uh, and I became friends, and uh, we partnership up on one dog. And that was my first experience, so to speak.
0: That, that dog that you had, is that by chance one of the dogs that laid the foundation for the line that you've been hunting for years? Or no. Did it take a while for you to, to no, get? No,
2: but that dog helped me see what a good tree dog was. He was a third or fourth strike dog and a first tree dog, a pressure tree dog back then. He was out of Miller's Rock. And uh, and Miller, Laverne Miller was real, real well-known guy you know
0: so that that dog um you know it obviously had a major influence on you how long were you in the game um before you started experimenting with breeding and wanted to have something of your own
2: well i obtained three walker females and well let me back out i obtained a walker female from dick Smith. And she's a real good dog. She's never been in a hunt before. I granted her out one year. And she won a Hoosier State Championship. And and she died really young. She's about six years old when she died of cancer. So I knew she was a good dog. And uh, then I thought I wanted to get Walker Females. And... uh, Be a breeder, so to speak, you know, Yeah. trial and error, you know. And uh, I learned a lot of things uh, reading the books and uh, talking to other breeders. And so I started out three walker females. One was Charlie Creek Jill, one was Charlie Creek Patches, and Charlie Creek Beauty.
0: Where does the Charlie Creek name come from?
2: Well, when I was a kid, I lived in Wabash, and uh, Charlie Creek run run through Wabash. And I trapped that creek years ago. And I walk from home and run my trap line every morning, every night, uh, before school and after school.
0: So you were doing that in grade school? And, yeah, you know, I've, you were just doing that to have a little pocket change? or Yeah, yeah, sir. Back in the day, the furs were worth something. Oh, yeah. Um, and you so you ran a pretty extensive trap line. You know, you told me that the other night when you and I were hunting, that that was something that you enjoyed doing. Um, <clears throat> do you still tra- do any trapping, or are you no, just strictly into the hunting?
2: No, now? not none at all, none at all. And uh, when when I started coon hunting, uh, I, I didn't trap any coons anymore. No more. No, no more.
0: Just let the dogs do it.
2: you're sure? Did yes, you,
0: if, if you were to catch one by chance, did you mess with them and turn them loose?
2: Yeah, well, no.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and and I say that, Dick, because, you know, it's funny. As we are recording this podcast last night, Dick and I, we went out and trying to uh, fool with a little pup of mine. And we had a coon in a trap and that thing would not come out. And Dick reached down there and grabbed it by the tail and pulled it out of the trap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well... Uh, I've been known to do a lot of crazy stuff in oh, my gosh, time.
0: Oh, gosh, Dick, I, I mean, it made my night. I, I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't expecting it. So yeah. I didn't know if that was something you did back on the trap. Line yeah, or
2: well, I did, too, do that, too, you know.
0: So you had you had your females.
2: Yeah, I, I made a Jill a night champion. And uh, I couldn't ever get a first-place win on Patches. She's a good dog, but she was independent. She would go opposite direction. Sometimes she would be out of hearing. And uh, breedy dog, I made her grand night champion. I placed her in top 20 of the world hunt twice. And uh, I won several big hunts with her, big hunts. A uh, 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 lot of breed days, uh, black and tan days, English days and uh blue Tech days, and she's a real deal
0: back back then when you were hunting her was u k c the only registry around that you were hunting or well, other kennel registries j-
2: just p k c it just started okay it was p c a back in right, and you know, I didn't feel I had the money to go to re- two registries. right really mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah, so you supported so, u k c the most yeah most. Now, you said you got top 20 in the world twice. Yeah. That's an accomplishment that a lot of people won't get done in once. In the top
2: 20. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I place, you know, but...
0: But, you know, a lot of people go to the world hunt or every year. They try to qualify for it. And to say that you made it into the top 20 is, is a feat in itself. Yes, sir. And and you did that twice. Right. With the same dog.
2: Right. Beauty.
0: Did, did you ever make another run at the world hunt with any other dog, um Before you you ultimately won the UKC World Championship,
2: yeah. You know I was I trying to win a world hunt, but you know, uh, I won uh, tenth place in HHA World Hunt with uh, Charlie Creek Mac, and uh, I just kept going and trying to win it. Right.
0: That was that was that the burning. Uh, passion was that your your ultimate goal that kept you motivated and kept you driven you wanted to win that yes, one right? yes sir yes
2: sir and then when I won that with Charlie Creek Terra I said to myself why I do now I just won the biggest biggest hunt in the world you know and that, I, that was in
0: 1994 with the UK 1994 with Charlie creek Terra yes sir so did after you won that hunt you had that feeling of what do you do now? Did you take some time off or did you just go back to what no, you No,
2: I just went back, you know. I I made a taking a month or two off, but you know, yeah. I just I just want to win it another time. And, and
0: I you know, just talking to you, Dick and, and hunting for the last few weeks, I feel like that passion is still there. I feel like you still want to win it just as bad now as you did back oh, then. Oh yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: So after after you won the world hunt with Tara, did you continue to push her and hunt or did you uh, lay her up and try and breed her?
2: Well, I, I made a mistake. I laid her up. You know, at 28 months old when she won a world hunt. And, you know, back then, uh, uh, like we talked about the other night, uh, Tennessee lead was a world champion. He got killed by a hot wire. So, back then, they, they didn't hunt very many world champions because... We didn't have, we didn't, it wasn't like it was is today. We didn't have semen on being collected. Right. You no, know? and, uh, but I wish, I, I, I regret not hunting her anymore. I could have won so much more with her.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, looking into the sport now. You, you see some dogs that they win big, and, and that's the last hunt you see them in. And then you see other dogs, uh like recently this year's PKC world champion Stogie, they won, they won the world with him. And then the very next week he was in another local hunt, Right, you know, um, right. and they're still pushing that dog in, in local hunts because they want to support the clubs. Um, it's interesting to see how people's perspective is on that. And, you know, the thinking, the thought process behind that. Um, did you, right after that world, did you immediately breed her or what, what did you do there?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I chartered breeding her and, uh, she raised several good pups you know uh i would pleasure hunter once in a while but uh she stayed stayed in the house basically she was house dog
0: when you when you bred her um the pups that she threw were were you seeing characteristics um of her or what, what was your thoughts on that and and how did that play out and help you and the dogs that you have today
2: characteristics uh, on her dad, Charlie quick back. I've seen a lot of them. And uh, uh, he, th- he was throwing independent dogs back then when you didn't hear about independent dogs. You know, uh, they would be split tree by herself, you know, and Tara would be too. She was very independent. She would just buy... She'd buy a loaner by herself, you know?
0: Right. So, you won the world in 1994, and you live here still in Wabash, right? Right. When did you make the move to Iowa? Because, you know, I start, just to paint the picture here for our listeners, we're sit we're sitting in Dick's little office here, and there are four monster whitetail bucks hanging on the wall. And I believe you told me, you know, whenever you decide to move to Iowa... It was for better deer hunting. Right. As a coon hunter, walk me through that. How did you move from Indiana to Iowa to pursue deer hunting? Which, you know, a lot of times coon hunting and deer hunting don't go hand in hand.
2: Well, you know, I loved coon hunting too. And, uh, I love deer hunting. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to trophy hunt anymore. I, I'm going to give it up. And, uh, but, uh, uh, I was going out to Nebraska, eastern Nebraska, western Iowa for years, and my wife said, you're gone so much, why, won't, why don't we move out there? So we moved out there at Iowa, western Iowa, along the Missouri River and the Lost Hills. Uh, giant deer out there. You know, yeah, your, I, your walls tell the story. I <laughs> always wanted to kill a 200 inch buck. You know, I fell short on that. I killed one in 197 with my bow,
0: and that's the one hanging above you right here, yes, sir. Uh, it's, it's just a beautiful deer. Uh, it's got one crazy, one crazy time coming off his brow. Uh, very symmetrical. He's, he's a nice looking deer. Uh, what, what's this one over here with the double drop
2: time score? Do you remember that? Uh, 173
0: that is that is a very neat looking deer
2: well uh there again that's the first deer i ever killed in iowa and i i want to kill a drop tine deer in my life you know and uh, i never seen a drop tine drop tine deer in indiana right when i moved out there i killed a double drop tine deer <laughs>
0: you know what but, are the odds yeah yeah Guys, it's, it's it's so neat sitting here with Dick. We're looking at these these monster whitetails. We've got the the big trophy here from 1994 UKC World Champion on it. Um, several other big trophies that just really tell the story of Dick and his accomplishments and the competition coon hunting. Along with a couple of albino coons here. Were those are those Indiana coons that your dogs? Yes, treat sir. Those?
2: Uh, I've treated seven albino coons in Indiana.
0: Have you treated any of the other color phases, black or cinnamon? Yeah,
2: I, I've. I treat a lot of black ones and seen them in phase. Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Um, you know, getting back here to, to your line of dogs, have you ever hunted anybody else's dogs since you established the Charlie Creek line of dogs, or is that something you've hunted since since that time?
2: Well, no. Uh, ever since I established Charlie Creek dogs, I I haven't per se hunted one dog for any one boy, boy, uh, guy uh consistently uh i would handle a dog every once in a while for a guy right. in a hunt yeah if he needed me to
0: but you were you weren't a, a paid handler for anybody else running nope. their dogs you're always
2: trying to push your own line well uh you know i just try to help people out i don't want to be paid for it right you know no i understand that's my way of thinking yeah. you know Maybe I'm too nice at times, you know, but that's where I am.
0: Uh, So the sport of coon hunting, you told us earlier that, you know, you started out running the trap lines as a kid um, and obviously coon pelts are worth some money. Oh yeah. Now we've got hunts with, you know, $2,500 entry fees, $6,500 entry fees. They're hunting for $100,000 to win. They're hunting for new trucks every month. And most recently, they just announced the first $1 million coon hunt. What do, What do you think? What are your thoughts on that with the sport growing? Is that is that good for the sport? Is that something that is going to make a positive impact and a lasting impact on the sport of coon hunting?
2: Well, it will. Uh, it It's good for the sport, but also... Uh, not everybody can afford those high-priced hunts, right? You know, but uh, that's good for sport, I think, really, and that that makes people aware. Uh, what a coon hunter can do with his dog. Yeah, that's really that's something you know? that a lot
0: of people don't. They just don't know.
2: They they don't they don't grasp it rabbit right. at all yeah and you know yeah.
0: that's something that that houndsman xp is really trying to do is um you know preserve promote and protect the sport of the houndsman and and the second word of that promote i think is a big deal um it, it needs to be promoted in a positive light and for others who don't understand what coon hunting is and the amount of time that us coon hunters put into our dogs and the amount of care we give those dogs um You know, it's something that we need to portray in a positive light. And I agree. I think these big hunts, um, you know, they're not for me, but they're for somebody. And there's a lot of money brought into the towns where these are being held. Um, There's a lot of revenue coming through. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, sure. And and it's positive recognition if we can portray it in the right light. Right. Um, So I was just curious on what you thought, because I think you've seen, you've been around it long enough, obviously much longer than I have. I haven't seen that transition um, but to get the perspective from somebody who, who's seen it from the conception of the PCA to which is now the PKC and you know it's one of the most one of the most prestigious registries around right um, I think it's just an right. interesting and,
2: you know uh, <clears throat> I, I think that's good for the sport really you know right really and uh, like I said
0: so let's, let's dive into something a little deeper here. Let's, let's talk about the stroke that you had. When, when did you have your stroke?
2: Uh, three and a half years ago, uh, stroke was caused by surgery and, uh, I had the stroke in the hospital. Uh, they, they, uh, they give me an anti uh rejection shot on the stroke but I was paralyzed on my whole right side and they said I wouldn't walk and uh for and speak correctly for six months to a year
0: how long was it before you got out of the hospital
2: well I'm a pusher you know and uh uh Good Lord, good Lord looking over me too, right. and uh, I made it out of rehab, speech therapy, and uh, physical therapy four and a half months.
0: Four and a half months. So you beat it. You beat that timeline by yes, a month sir. and a half. Yes, sir. What? What was your motivation? Uh,
2: I wanted to get back to in the, the woods. I wanted to fish. I wanted to hunt again. I just wanted to. I I wouldn't take no for an answer. Right, you know, you have got to have motivation. Uh, I I know other stroke patients, they just give up, and you know, uh, you have. They told me you have up to a year. Get f- full motivation back. A year's a limit, so I push. And push and push. Yeah. I drove Kathy nuts. Uh, I would make her take me on, uh, walk on paved streets every day, three times a day, you know. And uh, uh, I, I just fought.
0: Yeah, you say you say that you had that three and a half years ago. And you're 72 now. Yes, sir. So it's 68 69. and a half, 69 yeah. is when you had your stroke. And you were that determined because there's still more you want to do. Right. But you're not done yet. No. I don't see you even slowing down. No. You know, you and I have been hunting a lot lately and, and you get through the woods just as good as I do at 28.
2: Well, yeah, maybe <laughs> you do Dick.
0: And and that's, that's credit to you. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy to see your passion for the sport. When, when timer comes treed, you're going and you're going right. to, you're going to be there. Um, and you hunt just as hard as anybody that I've, I've met. Uh, you know, we haven't been hunting together very long, but I can, I can see that. Um, most of the time it's me saying, all right, Dick, it's time to go. I got got to work in the morning and you'll drop me off and, and you'll keep hunting, you know, until the wee hours of the morning. Is that something that you've always done? Is that all you know is to hunt hard?
2: Yes. Yes, sir. Really. You know, that's all I've done ever done hunt hard and hard. You know, that's the only way I know how to hunt.
0: And it, I, I presume, you know, looking around, that's how you you deer hunt as well. Right. You, you, when you got into something, you got into it serious. You gave hundred percent. You, you gave it all you had. Yes, sir. So, do you think that having this stroke and having come back, do you think you're just as motivated now as you were back in 1994 to win that world championship?
2: Yes, sir. Really, really. And they you know. Some some guys I talked to said, you don't have anything to prove, Dick, but uh, I don't want to give up yet. It's not ready? No. No. I'm not. And if that helped motiv- motivate some people, uh, maybe that's what I'm here for. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it is. It's inspiring because there's some nights that I don't want to go. And why why do I want to go tonight i went I went the last three nights, but there is a goal you know, and I'm a competition coon hunter as well i'm I'm very competitive it's to win it's to win that world um so i, I understand where you're coming from uh on that one your your wife kathy going through that um wow what a what a woman she has to be, <laughs> you know she helped you with that stroke and and you hunt you hunt hard. You get home at four or five in the morning, most nights. And she's still here. It takes a special woman to to love a coon hunter. Yeah, it does. You know, his. When when you guys got married, were you were you hunting this hard back then?
2: Yes, yes, sir. And and she just accepted that. Yeah. Uh, she she's been a good wife and a good partner. Yeah. You know. This was she was she
0: there cheering you on? Uh whenever you got back in the woods after your stroke, was she just as excited to see you in there?
2: Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh she knew what what I wanted to do, you know, and uh she was all for it. She wasn't at first, you know. Right. And uh because uh, I drove a truck before I was supposed to. Right. Oh <laughs> She'd I can give believe me it. hell. <laughs> I can believe it. I can believe it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it, it's just incredible. Um, you know, I, I think the same thing about my girlfriend. She's very supportive in what I do. And, and to see, you know, when I walked in tonight, Kathy very very cordial, you know, introduced herself. Right. It just seems like a great lady. And, yeah, you know, to stand there with you through it all and help you get back to something that you wanted to do, it really says a lot, you know, about her.
2: Right. Um, she She's a good person, right. really. Yeah. Bobby Overby, and uh, he came out, and uh, when I had a stroke... And, uh, helped me go coon hunting and mowed my grass and trimmed my trees. and took me to see the doctor on the rehab and for a week. And, uh, he took me hunting first night. I couldn't hardly walk, but I, I made it up a hill and got to the tree and everything, you know, with, with me helping him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh. Uh, we've been good friends ever since, and uh, he took Timer and Big Earl back there hun- hunting dogs for six months before I could g- get down and get them back.
0: And that's when you were still in Iowa? Yes, sir. And he lives on the East Coast?
2: He drove 22 hours one way.
0: That says a lot.
2: Yes, sir. You
0: no, know, that says not not just a lot about Bobby being the type of friend that he is. But it says a lot about you, Dick, that that you you have. I I don't know any other word other than I'd say you've touched Bobby. You know, if I wasn't close to somebody like that, I wouldn't drive twenty hours. You you meant a lot to to him, right? Um, and and he, a friend. He,
2: he means a lot to me too. He just like a brother.
0: And I know the story, but tell tell our listeners how you met Bobby because, you know, I'm th- I'm hearing this and. Um, if I didn't know the backstory, I'm thinking that this is somebody that you've known your whole life and that you're super close with. Um, but really, you know, you and Bobby haven't known each other that long.
2: No. Uh, eight years. Uh, Bob- Bobby called me year eight years ago and he said, uh, I have a good Walker female and, uh, she won a Virginia state twice. And, uh, place in a top four or two other times and uh, and he was wanting semen off big mike i had frozen semen so i said uh if you had that caliber female i would i would just give you semen uh for a pup or something and uh we went on them from there and uh we, we had a litter of pups out of her. And Bobby said, you want to par- partner up on a pup? I said, sure. We we can do that. And we partnered up on Charlie Creek Big Mac. And uh, and uh, he uh, he won a couple hunts with Mac. And I brought him up to Indiana. I granted him out. And we've been... We became partners ever since, and just like they said, we like brothers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know you. He us. he called me every day, every day of the week, every day.
0: Yeah, it, you know it, it's good. It's good to have a partner like that. Um, you, yes, sir. You, you, you I here.
2: I wish he lived closer. Yeah,
0: I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, because you still go down there and hunt with him, and yeah he up Here,
2: and... every February I make a trip down there for a week or two.
0: If, if there were no competitions, would you have coon hunted this long?
2: I, I think so because I like seeing a dog work, but competition hunters, sets me, so to speak, on fire. You know, I like the, I like a competition, you know, Uh, I like training dogs too, you know, uh, I've trained about every dog I've owned, you know. Uh, I'm proud of that record, you know.
0: You, you, you take pride in, in breeding the dogs, training the dogs, and winning with those dogs. Right. Let's let's talk about some of the dogs that you've had. Let's go through the lineage. Um, you know, I think these dogs deserve some credit, and, and we're going to give credit where credit is due. So, obviously, Tara won the world hunt. Yes, sure. So, she's won the biggest of all of them. Right. Let's let's talk about some of your other dogs you've had. Let's well, go
2: back there. I uh, I went Walker Walker Days in 1997 with uh, she was owned by my buddy and me, uh, Lee McFan, and we 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 went Walker Days with not in 1997, and uh, we we placed her fifth on a printing circuit, circuit that year. And uh, she wanted a lot of major hunt, And we had to pull her out of the premier circuit because she had heartworms and treat her. So then uh, I had a, <clears throat> uh, that was another good dog. And uh, then uh, I had Charlie Creek Clay which was out of World Champion Terror and Hardwood Buster, too. He was a very nice dog. He reproduced, too. And uh, he produced Charlie Creek Edge. And uh, and uh, Edge produced uh, Charlie Creek Big Mike. And uh, then uh, Sarah produced uh, Charlie Creek Loctite Tees. And that was mother, uh, Big Mike. And, uh, then Clay produced Charlie Creek Stone. He was Grand Night Champion, uh, PKC Gold Champion back then in $30 hunts, $50 hunts.
0: And and to reach Gold Champion, that's $10,000. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. That, that, that was a lot back then. Right. Really. And, uh, then, uh. I, I've been blessed, you know, and uh, but I'm also particular on dogs, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm hunting Charlie Creek big-timer out now. I own him with Bobby Overy, and I'm hunting f- fire, Charlie Creek wildfire. She was uh, by Charlie Creek Slay Seaman. And big, big timer's mother uh Taylor runs storm
0: so let's talk about the style the style of dogs that they are um you know I've been hunting hunting with you lately and timer is uh he's a different style of dog than what I'm used to hunting lately timer starts hunting from the time you turn him loose he hunts right there where you turn him loose he's not blowing through the world a mile mile and a half before he starts hunting um, he's he's treeing those coons that are laying up. Is that a characteristic that has been bred in your line of dogs um, since the beginning? Yeah, or?
2: Somewhat, but he will, well, if coons aren't down, he will go hunting.
0: Oh, he absolutely he, will.
2: Definitely, yeah. He will be half a mile deep in the country, somewhere, you know, but he could tree the old bad tracks and lay of coons, but I like a dog, the style. I like a track dog. I don't like a trailing dog. Right. You know. Okay. That's a big difference. Sometimes a coon needs treed, not trailed. You know. That's a a good way to put it. Yeah, really.
0: I've never heard anybody say that.
2: Really, you know. Uh, uh, Other times... I've hunted with some guys in the past say that dog don't open. Well he's open trailer, but it gets fall treat. That's one thing in the stock of dogs that's really good because they they can tree a coon close, they can tree another coon close right away and when other dogs in running through the country looking for a hot coon.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we saw that the other night. You know, you and I were out hunting, and, and we kind of got caught in a, a pop-up snowstorm, and and it was just, it was miserable. We got the, the uh, uh, what, what's that old analogy, just one more drop. Yeah. We got the best of us. Uh, but Timer, he trailed up a paracoon sitting in a tree in terrible sinning conditions.
2: Yeah. It just snow on the ground, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, the wind was blowing ground was frozen snow was coming down hard and he worked up that track and he had you know he had the coon at the end of that right um where i feel like a lot of the dogs that i've hunted with lately they, they weren't going to grub that up right um, they were going to go try and find a hot one and, and there probably wasn't too many hot ones to treat
2: that no night. that not that time of night you know two o'clock in the morning and coons are already laid up right really yeah so the,
0: if we talk about that, let's talk about the style of dogs of yesteryear and today. When you when you first got into competition hunting, versus today, what are you seeing? What are the
2: well, what I seen years ago? You had to be a very good caller and, and handler, because because that was a calling contest back then. You know, dogs were. were a split treed very much. They were usually pack, you know. But there again, you know, that's why Chet kept his strain of dogs. They were naturally independent back, way back then, you know. But that's why I seen in uh, competition hunts today. And, you know, these dogs are trained different, too. Uh, some dogs you have to break down to make them good. And, you know, some dogs, they can be run, too. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So you think that the
0: the training styles have changed, um, and with that, the dogs have changed with them? Uh, or do you think that the do- the training has changed to fit the dogs?
2: I think the training has somewhat changed uh, to fit the dogs' needs uh you know shocking collars are used and uh tone buttons are used and uh, they're hunted different but you no know, I always hunt a dog by itself a lot so when I would go to night hunt I would have a naturally independent dog, you know, by hunting them alone. Do you think that
0: the current situation with the the ever ever changing way that hunters in general are perceived and the way that hunting ground is becoming harder to come by do you think that we're going to have to slow these dogs down that are blown through the world or do you think it's something that's just going to continue to down the same path that it's in
2: well why they're blowing through the world that's man made yeah, and uh, I I think that will get you in trouble sometime. You know, hunting too far, and you know. I I know a guy that I've dropped three times, and two out of three times. His dog blowed out of hearing. Mm-hmm. Why have a dog that uh, like that? Really, you know, because my way of thinking, you're gonna lose more than you win. Right. You know, if you can't hear a dog, you can't take a call.
0: Yeah, deep, deep and lonely. You know, that's that's the name of this podcast. But that's yeah. right now, that's the name of the game. Right, um, right. If you ask, I I would say, eight out of ten people, what type of dog do you prefer? Deep and lonely.
2: Well, uh, not so far deep. But I like a dog, if I strike a track out of the truck, I want them on the first scoom. Right. Absolutely. But when we recast, I want them scattered like quail, really. Right. Um, But, you know, there again, you know, uh, if you have 90-minute hunt or two-hour hunt, a dog gets deep or lonely a mile deep, you can treat two or three coons behind that dog. What, what type of hunt
0: do you prefer? Do you prefer the hour, 90-minute, or 120-minute cast?
2: I don't like an hour hunt. I like a 90-minute or a two-hour hunt. Because if you have a accurate dog, uh, the other dogs will make a mistake in a two-hour hunt or 90-minute hunt. So you're... Your thought
0: process is you're counting on other dogs to make a mistake and your dogs to stay where they need to be, stay in their lane, and do what they they do their yes, job. Sir. Yes, sure. And you're confident in that whenever yes, you sir. take a dog to a hunt. Very confident. You know, I, I drew you. Uh, it's kind of funny. I drew you over to hunt the other night. I said, I told Nikki when we went to the hunt, I said, man, there's one person I don't want to draw. I said, that's Dick Brothers that we've been hunting together a lot lately, and I just assume not drawing, you know? And what do we do? We go out and draw each other. And we both lost the cast. Uh, Right. You know, neither one of us came out with the win. But you made a comment at the end of it, uh, and you had a little passion in your voice when you said it. You said, this is the third cast in a row I've lost, and that doesn't happen very often.
1: Yeah. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got it packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com, go to our sponsors page, hit that link, it'll take you right to Cajun lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun lights
0: and one or two out of every three casts, that's a pretty good percentage.
2: Right. Well, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good dogs out there anymore, you know, and every dog will split tree, you know, and just having breaks, you know. Got to have the breaks. Just like the other night, you know. Uh, we didn't hear that dog, other dog, for a long, long time. He was deep. He was about too deep, my my opinion. You know, but, uh, we, we treat on dens and he had a coon. And a coon wins every time. In our hunt, that's hard to beat. It is. You know? Yeah. But I had a chance to win that cast. He's had a, he's, she had a hundred strike, a hundred tree. And if he had a coon, she wins, you know, but yep. she didn't, you know? Yep. She had a den tree. Yep. Um, yes,
0: sir. you know, we tried everything we could to get that coon to come out of there. Yep. It, it just wasn't happening. No.
2: Um,
0: other than the guys that got you started, have you had anybody that you would consider a mentor along the way? Has there been anybody that, that you've looked up to and taken advice from, or is it kind of just been trial and error and, and learn, learn as you go?
2: Well, uh, advice some, from some people. And, uh, I listen I listen in conversations and I've learned a lot through conversations mm-hmm. talking to other people and uh but I trial and error is a bigger thing, really, you know. why well, I, I never have been afraid to ask for help or advice either. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm the same way. You know, I've got a few
0: guys that I'll go to whenever I have a question. Um, you know, and, and lately it's been you uh, I'm trying to work on this pup, and and I'm very appreciative for that because you know if you can take that advice and that knowledge that somebody who's been there, done that, and use it, you know, take what you want from it, but but use that. I feel like you can really progress you a, a lot further, and I think you know that that's something that could help a lot of other people as well. Right, um, you know. Listen to those who've been there before and who've who've done it. Right. Um, you know, they, right. they didn't get good for no reason.
2: Right. Um I I'm still learning at seventy two. I never you never quit learning, really. Never quit learning. No. That's it. Every yeah. day you learn something new. Yes, sir. I tried it. I tried to.
0: Right. So let's let's talk about some uh upcoming upcoming events that you've got. You've got two dogs here at your house that you're pushing right now. You got the old big timer and you got fire. Both of those dogs qualified for the tournament of champions this year. Right? Right. And you've so that takes five wins apiece. Did you put all ten wins on those dogs last year? Yeah, sure. You didn't have any help from anybody else. No. And that that that's how much you're still going to these hunts. And that's just in UKC. Yeah. Um you've got you've got Fire qualified for the spring super stakes. Uh, coming up here Mm -hmm. and so we're going to see you in action at the tournament champions as well as the spring super stakes yeah and
2: and and a walker days too
0: and at walker days
2: three big hunts in a
0: row and you're gonna you're gonna be there
2: yes sir competing you're
0: you're gonna you're gonna be not you're not gonna be there you're gonna be competing because you've got dogs that are gonna be there and hopefully uh you know make a run make a run at it again yeah um
2: well like uh uh, two out of three two out of three last year's i had timer in the super stakes he's a quarterfinals two years out of three
0: yeah and they're only you know they're only eligible for three yeah. three years well, unless you count baby stakes and they can come in for yeah. four but two out of three i mean that's that's
2: a hard to do and he he's he was sick dog having uh, had Ehrlichia, too you know uh i've been i i've done quite a bit with him Really, yeah, and you know, and it shows. Um,
0: when you go to these hunts, now or back in the day, is there a dog that you dread to see pull into that hunt? Is there one dog back in the day or today that you're like, "Dang, so and so's here.
2: They're going to be tough to beat." Not at all. I I'm not intimidated by a dog. You know, I have some by some people after me. Who, who did you draw, Dick? I said just dogs. <laughs> you know, really. Uh, I've been at this a long time. You know, when I was younger, I would get nervous, but when I made this first tree, I was over that. Right. But I don't get nervous anymore. You know, and uh, uh, my my heart may thump a little. Or more often, right? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I I still love it. But I I'm not intimidated by anyone.
0: You're there to compete, and you're there to win. Yes, sir. And if you don't have a dog capable, you're not going to be there. No. That's that's a good way to put it. You know,
2: you know, it it takes a lot of time to train a dog. Really? You know,
0: and and time marches on. Oh yeah. It it's something that you know you've been doing this for a long time. You've done it for a long time. Are you are you seeing better results now? Maybe than what you did back in the day,
2: if if that makes sense. Um, well, I've had to stock a dog for thirty five years, and I, while well, I've stuck with this line of dog because they reproduce, they were natural, independent. I, I like to make my job easy. I don't want to, I don't want to work at training a dog. That's a lot. What's what I like about naturals. When you're looking for,
0: when you're looking for the next female, to breed, what are you looking for? Are you trying to get one trait out of each cross, to
2: improve one
0: thing, or are you looking for multiple, most bang for your
2: buck? Well, sometimes I will, uh. Go with one trait I I like, you know, maybe a harder tree dog, a better strike dog, you know, a better track dog. I, I look at a whole package, but if I see one thing I can use on my soccer dogs, I go with it. And you you've got a little pup
0: here at the house as well. Um, you haven't started her yet, but what when you made that cross, what were you looking for?
2: Well. I, I didn't make a cross. Okay. Okay. You know, but uh, uh, Luke Stark made that cross. Okay. And uh, uh, that pup is out of uh, Big Mike uh, Mike Jr. and he was out of Big Mike. Okay. And uh, the female side went back to my World Champion Terror and. World champion Terror sired uh, sired H-A-H-A world champion, Miller's Roxanne. And uh, that would that. That's what that pup is out of that cross right there. Did you win the ACHA? No. With Roxanne. But, but uh, Terry Colter and Ron Wigman did. Okay. With Roxy. Gotcha. Uh, so, Terror. Produce a world champion
0: herself. Gotcha. So a world champion produced a world champion. Yes, sir. That's that's pretty pretty yes. incredible. Yes, sir. Um, that's, that's that's very neat. Um, you, you've
2: done well over the years, Dick. So I I would think that would I think that would pup would cross well with my stalker dogs. You know.
0: Do you have any plans to uh to breed Timer next? Is he is he the next stud dog in line for your line, or do you think you'll go back to some <laughs> Stored semen that you well, got.
2: Well, uh, matter of fact, we just bred a female, Honey Creek Spider female, and I was told today yes, yeah, she's bred. Oh, good. So he's gonna be a, a papa pretty pretty soon. Is that his first litter? Yes, sir. What, first litter. What do you what are
0: you predicting? Timer will throw. Do you, can you predict it at this point, or is every
2: litter uh you know just a guess? Well. I've seen my stock of dogs. It's going to produce on Honey Creek Harry bitches and uh, Honey Creek Spider bitches. So I'm looking. Timer will produce tree dogs, big, big mouths, and track dogs too. Uh, I predict that right away. And uh, I have another Grand Night Champion bitch booked to him anytime. Uh, she's a really good bitch, and, uh, we expect, uh, big things out of that that cross, too. Right. So, at,
0: at 72, you're getting ready to enter three major hunts. Um, I assume you're gonna try and get qualified for the world this year? Yeah, this weekend. This weekend, you're gonna go to a qualifier. Yeah. How long do you see yourself competing? What, what does the future hold for Dick Brothers?
2: Well, I don't know. Um, it's all, as long as I can hear and I can walk, I'm going to compete.
0: It's something that, that is just ingrained in you now. Right. You know, I don't, I just didn't know, you know, I, I hope that I'm still competing at the level that you are whenever I get there. Um, it's impressive. Uh, it's it's impressive, Dick. Yeah, thank it's, you. So, like I said, I, just, I didn't know what the future held for Dick. I didn't know
2: well, if that was something that you would be able to hang up when the time comes. As long as I, as long as I can produce a winner, I'm going to campaign, you know? Right. And uh, I met a lot of guys, a lot of nice guys through this sport, you know? The and, fellowship
0: is unreal in, in the oh, sport yeah. of coon hunting.
2: And, you know coon hunter coon hunters are a close breed Nay, they they may be competitive they but they also will help you if you need something they will yes sir very interesting yeah
0: well dick i think that's covered just about everything i have is there anything else you'd like to speak about or
2: talk about while we got you on here no I, i i I just wish you luck with timer and a tournament championship. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope we have some luck as well.
0: Uh, yeah. So, yeah. For, you know, for our listeners, I'm going to be handling timer for Dick up at the tournament champions. Uh, Dick had, like I said, he's got two dogs in
2: and he's only one guy. Uh, well, so he can't handle them both. Uh, well, Bobby's going to handle fire for me and uh, I was going to handle timer, but uh, they, he's, Got a world champion squirrel hunt that weekend. They switched his dates on him. Right. And uh, next year that won't happen. You there you know? go. But we had to find a handler, so we'll see what we can do. Hey man, I, I hope we hope we go out there and win it all. Yeah. Well, um, you I just can try. That's I have all had we can a
0: do. blast, you know, hunting with you the last few weeks, and and I told Nikki that as well. You know, you've taken myself, uh, my girlfriend, our boy, taking us hunting, and. You know, we're, we're super appreciative of that, Dick. It's it's nice to have somebody who is who wants to spend those nights in the woods uh, with you. We're not always hunting
2: by yourself. and Right. Somebody you can just bounce ideas off of. And, well, you're more than welcome. In fellowship really. with. Anytime you want to do. Yeah. You know, I told you that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, how's the night sound? That sounds good. All
0: right. Well, it's it's a done deal. It's a good thing I already packed my boots. I had a feeling you'd want to go hunting tonight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dick. Well, I appreciate you joining us here on the Deep and Lonely Podcast. Um, Look forward to uh, hunting with you here in the next few weeks and making a run at the TOC. And and I I just really just appreciate you taking the time to sit down and speak with us today.
2: Okay. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, buddy.